What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are listening to Band, the real-life misadventures of Rick Dunsford and friends. As always, I'm Dustin Bones, and of course... I'm Rick Dunsford, your host, Rick Dunsford. How you doing, Rick? It's been a little while since we've uh, publicly conversed in front of people. Dude, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, working a lot. I'm just staying busy. It's nine thirty at night when we're recording this, and you said you got up at one a.m. this morning. Yeah, yeah, I get up pretty early, man. <laughs> but man, this this being grown sucks. This ain't what it, we signed up for. I know, bro, but it has its perks. It Our parents its made perks. their beer and shit look so much more fun than it turned out, and you know it's really not worth it. Like, take the beer away and the job and the... <laughs> see, see, I'm not much of a drinker, though. You know what I mean? Like, But that's all we've got now, bro, until we retire. <laughs> I know, man. I just... You know, an occasional beer might be fine, but... As I, as, as I sip my coffee and chat with you. Oh, coffee would be nice. <laughs> but man uh, welcome back it's good to be everybody it's good to be here hanging with ricky ricky d again for me anyway <laughs> hopefully for all of you but uh, <laughs> man we've got a really good story today because uh, we're going to talk about tommy stinson here in just a minute uh but before we get started we want to we want to talk about season three and what you can expect because uh if if you if you've been listening to band for a while now, then uh, you can tell seasons one and season two are two very different animals from one another, and so season three shall also be a completely different animal. For one, if you're listening or watching on Spotify, if you're getting the show through Spotify, you can now get video on uh, the rest of these episodes on season three. So that's pretty cool. Like currently, I'm in. Uh, where's my location? The moon. Uh, the team Brazil chase you to the moon. Is, is that <laughs> <laughs> Fernando chased him off the earth? No, I see you every... in like a rocket ship. And then there's this like little rinky dink rocket with like a Brazilian flag trapped to the side of it, like chasing by. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I can see that, man. <laughs> now, every, uh, I was going to be somewhere random every time we do these episodes now. Since yeah, I figured what's... out this whole green screen. <laughs> if you want to see what we're talking about, go uh, head over to Spotify and check out the video version of the show. Um, but yeah, man, what else is there uh, before we get started? Is there anything else? We oh, yeah, season three. Uh, we're not going to be doing episodes every single week like we did in season two, but we are going to be giving you 12 brand new episodes. Uh, we are going to guarantee that much through sprinkled throughout the year 2022 so that'll yeah. be good but uh so uh do you have anything you should uh, you want to say or address before we continue and get on with our episode man i'm just excited about this episode bro it was uh it's it's gonna be a lot of fun to talk about let's get into it oh yeah i, I saw your videos of the Tommy Stinson. Is it would you call that a concert? The, I mean, this, it's a tour. Uh, it I guess it was, man. I don't know what the hell it was, but it was 
cool though, man. <laughs> it was it was interesting and it looked like a hell of a lot of fun. But we're gonna we're gonna get there. But before we get to that, um let's talk about Tommy for uh of course, if you're listening to this show, you are well aware Tommy Stinson was in Guns N' Roses, and uh, we used to go see that band quite frequently, you and I, and even you long before I came along. Um, when, was, when, did you, did, when did you first meet Tommy Stinson? I want to say in Nashville. The, that was the first ex- yeah, I believe that was the first time I met him because... When he was being a butthole? Eh, so, he was he was kind of weird in Guns N' Roses, man. It was like, I, he might still be like that, but... Well, he's he, going to redeem himself in this story, but he definitely starts out as kind of a jerk, right? But he does yeah, redeem well, himself. Well, what I mean that, like, what I mean is, like, so that show, Bumblefoot got me a uh, after-party pass. And right. And I was holding up, you know, wanting to get, wanting Axel to sign my arm, you know. So, uh, but anyway, Axel ended up signing it, and then Tommy uh, reached down there and grabbed it and signed it for me. Um, so anyway, we go backstage into this after party. And this is like probably the biggest after party I've, I've ever been to with uh, for Guns N' Roses, man, because they had like uh, the singer of Paramore was back there. Um, oh, this, awesome! Yeah, the singer of uh, Raymond Hanley was back there. You know, it was like uh, a, a, it was, and uh, <laughs> and it was like uh, nearly every member was back there. And then you know, you had uh, Team Brazil going back there. You know, taking people to meet Axel. But so we're back there in that backstage area. Then Tommy, he he came back there, and I was like shocked that he actually came in back there. You know, I've never seen him at one of these. But uh, he would not look at anybody, and he literally just shut, like pushed my brother out of the way <laughs> to oh. get to, yeah, to get to talk, to go talk to his uh, chick or something. That uh, he he was up back there to meet, but um, so AJ we, was there. That okay? I don't think our audience on band has met AJ through any of these stories yet. He he was at the he's only seen guns once, and that was in Nashville. The time that you didn't go with me. But I'm the saying if there's show. what I'm saying though is when we get to the Minerva story, you'll understand why AJ ain't the motherfucker to be shoving around. <laughs> <laughs> like this ain't the guy. <laughs> like to, I wouldn't treat him like that. But Tommy yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, it this was just funny, badly right there. Well, I, we, I just kind of—it was just funny, man. But you know, so then we met Tommy again in uh, was it Vegas, two thousand twelve? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he was all right. You know what I mean? He wasn't just like he wasn't overly nice like uh, Bumble was or uh, Frank. You know, but yeah, but he right. wasn't a jerk, like. He, he, when we met him in Vegas, he would take pictures with us. He would sign shit for people, but he wasn't pleased with it. You know what I'm saying? Like he definitely, you, you wanted to get your picture, say thank you and leave him the fuck alone. Like obvious, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah absolutely, man. But yeah, he, he's, he always seems like he's annoyed. You know what I mean? When you could tell he just, he's, I don't know. So then we met him in uh, <laughs> Chicago and, uh, 
and he was you know he was pretty cool there but mm-hmm. so like but so we go to uh i go check he at out least his, if I, he didn't remember us he acted like he did yeah well so anyway i follow him on uh facebook and he's uh been posting about these campfire shows and to my surprise i see oxford mississippi on there and i'm like jesus really that's right down the road but it was like it said private house um so i'm thinking like well this won't sell out because this is not the area that tommy's gonna draw big around here you know so you know so i was waiting to get past the holiday so i gotta get my ticket and it's like sold out oh so i contacted uh i contacted uh tommy's agent to see about getting a ticket for it and um she said that that she'll see what she can do closer to the show time i got contacted that morning of the show and was told that uh you know that i can i could come there was space for me so oh somebody like ducked out at the last minute i guess so man so yeah, so it was pretty awesome. So I was, uh, I got, I was really excited for that. So I just, I got out my uh, Chinese vinyl that uh, Brian signed for me, and I brought those with me and drove to some person's house. I mean, it was like this log cabin in the middle of nowhere in Oxford. Had like, you been there? Like, did you know the person? No. No. No, dude. It was just. Some house, dude. And right when I pulled in, you know, it was like a shit ton of cars just started pulling in right after. Um, Jeez. Yeah, so you know, I had my uh, leather jacket and um, on, and when I get there, I find out that it's going to be outside and it's twenty eight degrees, and I'm like, oh shit, (laughs) that is going to be rough. But anyway, so. I go, uh, I, I get there and I go inside and um, I'm just hanging out there. You know, the host, uh, the lady's house that we were at was super cool. Um, and then you see, you see the spiky hair come in and it was Tommy Stinson walking in and uh, he, it was pretty cool seeing him there, man. It was just, it was really weird though. Like at this random house in Oxford, Mississippi, man, <laughs> that's just what's, tribute about this whole thing but uh okay uh, so the way he's touring right now is he's just booking people's backyards like what are the requirements that he's looking for for one of these gigs so the way this tour works is and he finds a host so which is uh that person's house the host and though you know, whatever the capacity that can uh, be held at that uh, for that uh, particular event, Tommy will sell tickets through his website. So there's no like venue cut or anything like that. You know, Tommy gets every bit. Yeah, Ticketmaster's not getting in a slice yeah. of the pie. No, Tommy's getting a full slice. Well, that's good. That's the way it ought to be any damn way, but you know. You know, so it's pretty neat how he has it worked out, man. He's making a he's he's definitely making pretty good, you know, on this tour he does. <laughs> so, how many of these has he done so far, dude? I, he's Is been doing them for a lot. Yeah, he's been doing them for a few years. 
basically like you know when you go to a party and somebody breaks out an acoustic guitar and starts playing music you're usually like oh god but this particular time it's actually pretty cool because it's tommy fucking stinson doing it and that's what you came to see (laughs) yeah man it was uh i don't know it was a very different crowd um at this event man it was like a uh, very <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it man it wasn't a it's not your normal mississippi type of crowd but i mean everybody was extremely friendly but so i was uh hang i got to hang out with tommy for a little while before the show and uh, i was the only person there wearing a guns N' roses shirt so uh, you know tommy came over and uh we just started chatting about uh about the band and his time with it. He was telling, telling me some cool stories. Did he recognize who you were? Um, when I handed him the photo of us from uh, Chicago, in the, from Chicago, was it 2012? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, he remembered us from that. He remembered us from that show, and uh, he signed it for me. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, man. It was, it was awesome, dude. He was a... Uh, he was very nice, the dude, like extremely nice. So it's like it's like night and day then, because like he did he seem at all annoyed when you were talking to him? Like you know how he used to be, kind of. When we yeah no 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 he wasn't at all. He was uh he was a good spirit, dude. But uh yeah he's he was in real good spirits. Um, he, yeah he didn't really seem annoyed at all. He was laughing and cutting up a lot. Yeah, so it seems like the leaving GNR did him some good, you think? Yes. He's happier this way? Yeah, he's a whole lot happier, which seems most people are when they leave that situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it's got to be like that, though. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I mean, that version of GNR was such a good band. They should have really done more with that lineup than just tour yeah uh, and most of the tours were canceled with that, with yeah that lineup you know and uh, oh yeah because they would cancel shows every other week back then yeah dude but uh well did he tell you uh so he signed the pictures and everything did he did he ask you your name? Did he know about the lo- the storage lockers? Because like if you ask a GNR fan that's deep into this community about Rick Dunsford, they're gonna know your name from the storage locker situation. Let's just be real. I mean, they knew you before, but they damn sure know you now. Like, <laughs> oh, we did talk about the storage locker and. I was uh, because I had a couple of questions about Tommy Demo Track One and Tommy Demo Track Two. Um, you know, because we know Tommy, uh, Tommy Demo Track Two is going down mm-hmm. before, uh, you know, which was uh, that particular version is what is what Tommy was happy with. You yeah. know, uh, um, and then the other song, which was Tommy Demo One. I didn't know the name of this song until now, which is it's called Ten Percenter. Ten Percenter? Yes. Ten oh. Percenter. So how do you know that this is the name of the song? <laughs> As I, when I told him about the music that I got, um, he stopped me instantly 
and uh, he started he started screaming for I believe the guy's name was Jake that was with him. So mm-hmm. well, he he took off running outside during the middle of the story, and then he brings this guy in and he has this big ass camera, and um, he's asking me, "Hey, you know, is it cool if I film this?" You know, and I'm like, "Yeah." That Tommy was asking me, "Is it cool if he films this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's cool." Um, and then he goes on, you know, kind of like just talking to me about the whole situation, wanting to know details. Um, so Tommy interviewed you. <laughs> yeah, that's what it turned into, man. It was, uh, it definitely turned into Tommy interviewing me, man. And he turned the cards on me here because I was, I was planning on hitting him with all the questions, which I did get a lot of good questions in though. Well, that's awesome. Uh, We're going to get to all of them, hopefully. You know, but like the 10% thing and, uh, going down, Tommy told me that uh, he wants these tracks back because he told me, let's be real, Duff is not going to be singing that or playing that. Right. They have no interest in it at all. He he said, that's my fucking song. That's my song. I wrote both of those songs. I brought them in. They didn't use them. They don't want them. Why would they play them, you know? Yeah. So, and you could definitely tell that I definitely felt there was some – Living aggravation, you know, like mm-hmm. you know that, you know they're his, they're his song, you know, and going down is a hell of a song, dude. Yeah, why don't you just re-record them? What are they going to do? He wrote the shit. I mean, Slash has been having a free for all with all the GNR covers on all his various live albums throughout the years. Why not? Well, um, he he's gonna there's gonna be uh, an official re- release of it. Um, that's what Tommy told me. Did, so he he did say he didn't say I would like to release these. He said I will be releasing these eventually. He didn't. Yes, I'm sure because, he didn't give you a date. No, yeah, no, no date or anything. But uh, I, the way it sounded like it was going to be his next album. But what was uh, what was a little ironic about the whole situation was so the guy traveling with them. Uh, so him and Tommy were talking like I believe the day prior to this about the about those two tracks uh, going down at ten percenter, and then whenever uh, he comes in and then I come I come at him with these with the, with both of these tracks that he was talking about wanting to record for the next album. So when I'm talking to Tommy about this whole locker situation though, uh, he he tells me this is how this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of ever happening in music history. This is wait, hang on, hang on, hang on back up. I think we skipped a spot here. So you told him when, when, okay. So he asked you about the storage lockers and I guess when he interviewed you, you basically told him the whole story with the, the lockers and Tom Zutat and the, and the, the lawsuit, etc. Yes. Yeah. I went over the whole detail of the, everything, you know, and he, uh, he was pulling up. He had his phone pulled up, and he looked up uh, the TMZ article. Uh, you know, he was reading about it, and then, and then he was like, "Wait, he hadn't shit. done that yet." Tommy didn't know about this. <laughs> no, no. So he was learning about it all right then and there. So he's looking at all this, all the shit about it online, and then, then he's like, "Wait a minute, my songs are caught up in this shit." He said, "Whose fault is this?" <laughs> And I, I and then I told him that I told him that it's Fernando's fault, oh, and God. he busted out laughing. Like I mean, he he was just laughing at the whole story, dude. He thought it was so comical, you know that uh, 
Did he think the story itself was funny? Because it is a ridiculous story. When you take when you go outside of this community and you're not a part of the GNR community and you're on the outside looking in and you don't know about any of the shit that's gone on with this fan base in the past, this is a stupid story <laughs> to outsiders. Like was he laughing at the ridiculousness of the show or was he or of the whole not the show, but the whole situation or was he laughing at the fact that it was fernando that was kind of at the center of all of the bullshit if i like that dude it was both <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> you know i I, got, I definitely got the vibe of both okay uh just being honest but both? like yeah but he was uh all right so start with tom zutok uh whenever uh whenever he learned it he was the reason for all this happening. He was wondering, why did he get to keep this stuff? This doesn't make sense. And then he said, is he, can we go kill this guy? Can, I mean, and I'm like thinking like, <laughs> Jesus, I'm like, bro, like what the fuck? Uh, you know, so I'm just kind of laughing it off, you know, cause uh, you know, I, I don't have really nothing bad to say about Tom, man. Tom, Tom's a cool dude, man. Right. So, <laughs> you know, and Tommy, I guess Tommy didn't like Tom, so so um, he uh, Tommy has a bit of a he has a bit of dark humor, you know. Yeah, which is you know which I'm cool with, you know. He's all right. Um, so you know he was like laughing about that, you know, thinking, wondering how did he get to keep all this stuff. Um, and then when he learns that how it all leaked and how this whole thing was just the way. The way how everything unfolded, you know, with the whole storage locker and the news outlets picking it up and then finding out that it's uh, the whole banishment and everything. He thought he said this is the dumbest story that he's ever heard. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and he said this is like the dumbest thing that could happen in music that uh, that he's heard, uh, you know, and not <laughs> just just how the whole thing happened, man. Like who dropped the ball on this shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, go did ahead. did he say anything about any did, did did he say anything about any of the other tracks? Because he said that uh, going down and what was the name of uh, Tommy Demo One? A ten percenter. Okay, so he said going down and ten percenter are definitely gonna he's gonna release those someday. Did what about did he say anything about any of the other tracks that were a part of that whole? situation or do you not want to talk about it if you if you feel like it's best to not say it on air that's also an appropriate and fine answer oh yeah because i I mean there's some things that i i mean all he cares about is his stuff you know i mean anything else anything else uh, that's just involves the guns you know he's not but uh he did say this though he said that Guns was a great gig for him, you know, that, uh, you know, he did uh, enjoy that time that he had with the band. So, um, you know, so he just proceeded to sign all my stuff, man. We took some pictures together, you know, and and, he, and you could tell that he was genuinely excited that uh, about having 10 percenter. And uh, because I had a I have a, I had 10 percenter going down. And there was another version of it that was on there. And so uh, so I sent them like 
all of three no verses. Man. Yeah, so I sent them like the two verses of a uh, ten percenter, and then uh, he got the all the verses are going down, and he was very happy about it. And then he was telling me about uh, some kind of strip club, uh, the strip club leak. Is how talking about how going down got leaked the first time because of a strip club strip club leak. Okay, I remember that, but I'm I'm not a hundred. I don't think I've ever we've ever talked about that either on Guns and Radio or here. Uh, in summary, just to, just to abridge that, what what happened at this strip club? Like, what's the gist of it? Um, the only strip club leak that I'm aware of was uh, I believe Axel went into some Vegas strip club and had a, a bunch of tracks on a CD and then someone apparently ripped it. And I don't know, man, I'm not a hundred percent. That was so long ago, but the, and it, the only thing I take issue with is Axel went into the strip club and it's like, Hey, I got some unreleased guns and roses music. I want these strippers to dance to. They put on the music and I'm sick of everything that you do as you're going. <laughs> that don't exactly lend itself to, shaking your boobies around and but going down going <laughs> yeah. down might fit the theme i mean yeah the the words going down do but not the melody and the strippers yeah, like to dance to hip-hop and shit like that like not an acoustic guitar <laughs> <laughs> well that's a, but he did he, he did tell me that uh that's the way he wants to do going down is with this him and his acoustic guitar man um, now, ten percent. Or I don't know how. Uh, we talked a little bit about that song, but you know, most of the interest was in going down. Yeah, um, but you, you know, say he, he don't like that. He don't like the Axel version. He likes the original version without Axel in the background. Or yeah, he likes the locker version of it. Uh, he he definitely likes. He prefers the locker version over uh, the Axel and Bumble one. He. He just didn't, he didn't like all the additional all the extra guitar parts on it and uh, you know Axel's parts were really useless in the song. It was, Axel was just there to solidify it as a Guns N' Roses song, really. Yeah, you know that's all that. I was. mean, it makes it adds to it. It doesn't take yeah. away from it. But if that's not what he has in mind, he wrote the damn song, so ultimately he gets to say what it sounds like, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So now we're inside at the time. Okay. So now we're uh, ending this. You know, we're talk. I mean, we talked for a little while longer. You know, and uh, but then I, we we migrate outside to get ready for the show. And then you know, there's probably about forty people there. Uh, How cold was it? It's like twenty eight degrees. Oh, and they had this big, oh. this big ass fire, man. And um. They had all these coolers full of beer. Um, it was, I mean, they were, the the host was awesome, man. You know what I mean? It was the host was yeah. great. I'm sure. Um, the, I'm sure that the alcohol and the fire kind of helped take some of the chill off, but it still sucks that it's that damn cold outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, Tommy, he. Uh, I remember when he got up there, man. It was pretty cool seeing him playing on that uh, in between those two heaters and have that uh, Mississippi flag. And uh, just <laughs> the wind, uh, the wind blowing, twenty eight degrees, dude. He, and he couldn't even play the guitar solo on that on one of the tracks because it, it was too damn cold. 
but so he, he ended up moving out by the fire and it was legit a campfire show man like Dude, that's the way to go and, that's so awesome and that was like really one of the coolest shows i've ever seen you know like an experience like that you know like i've had i've seen some intimate experience you know like graves at the hotel that was pretty cool but this right here was like it was so Special. chill yeah and uh and you know getting to talk about shit that i've always had questions about you know because tommy was someone i've always wanted to talk to you know it's just you know well i've gotten to talk to him before but never just really get to have a sit down and a chat kind of conversation with him you know and that's what i got to do with this you know like uh and I, it was pretty awesome, you know. We got the, we exchanged information, and you know, and man, I hope he gets. I hope he uh, p- posts that video that he recorded. But like, oh yeah, uh, it was. But what's funny though is like, as the night went on, man, Tommy kept getting. I mean, he was. He just. He kept getting drunk, dude. He was gone. <laughs> like, literally towards the end of the night, dude. He was leaning on my shoulder. Before before we get to the end of the night, let's back up because I got a few questions about the show I want to ask. What, um, what, how many songs did he play? Probably, probably about 10, I would say. I mean, he played for about an hour, dude, 40 minutes to an hour. So it was a decent set list. Yeah. Did he come? Did he come with a set list? Did he take requests from the audience? Uh, no, because when I was talking to him about going down, you know, I know that you know when he was when he was so passionate about that, I asked him, I'm like, "Well, we play it tonight," and he said, mm-hmm. "Oh no, I because he he doesn't remember. He has to, he needed the original track so he can remember how uh, to reconstruct the song. You know, like because he's was, got so much music out there that makes a lot of sense." Yeah, and uh, so that's and that's the reason why uh, he hasn't played it yet because you know he's just the 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 bumble version you know he's not a fan of and uh, no. he want he wanted the more stripped down version of it. Um, what did he play while he was there? Was it a lot of his solo stuff like Motivation and Village Gorilla Head and that kind of thing? Was it Bash and Pop, The Replacements? What did what it, did it was going to be a uh, it was going to be campfire stuff, and it was going to be the Bash and Bob. What do you mean campfire stuff? Uh, no, he's, he, he does with Chip. They're, they're, uh, they have a campfire album. Cal- oh. Cal- campfire. Okay, see, I didn't realize that was an album. I yeah, well, that's just... it's supposed to be. It's in spring, is what he okay. said. It was cool because okay. the, the head of the label, uh, what, I forgot what the hell the name, Possum something. That possum records or whatever, whoever okay. his record label is, was at that sh- was at that house show too. Okay, maybe I don't know. Maybe they're doing. Uh, there wouldn't be no way to record these or anything because it's all acoustic. Yeah. Um, like, are you talking about the show? Yeah. I mean, just with your phone, you know, like. Well, uh, I know that, but like, I mean, like when he re- when he releases his album, it's not going to be just. A bunch of these live performances in front of a campfire. No, no, uh, no. It's the original music. I was about. It's well, just, I know it's recorded yeah. in a studio, but you got to admit that would be cool if there was a way to get it to sound good and make an album of the recording of you singing it at somebody's campfire. You know, 
yeah that'd be a cool album and you know record the whole tour pick out the best ones and throw the album out that'd be i'd I'd buy that i'd be curious anyway you know what like i wish more artists would do like house shows like tommy does you know what i mean like i i yeah i don't understand why it's taken rock and roll so or even punk rock i guess is what he would fall under so long to think of that because wrestling has been doing it for years like in the wrestling business if i i can hire a wrestler I can, like let's say rick flair i want to hire rick flair to come to my house i pay his booking fee i pay all of the shit like i would if he were going to an independent wrestling show and making an appearance and then instead of doing that he comes to my house and i have a bunch of buddies over and he tells us wrestling stories that's been a thing for many, many years in our business. I don't understand why more rock and roll orientated people don't do things like that because you're still making the same amount of money. You ain't having to put as much money into a perform. All you literally show up is all you got to do. And you ain't having to pay a, a whole crew and you know, you get to keep all the money. And at the end of the day, it's a cool party. And then everybody that comes to the party can pitch in a little bit and make it happen. That's the way we've always done it. Like, I don't, but it's cool that he's taken that kind of a, an approach to go into people's houses and touring and stuff like that. I know there's going to be people listening. This is going to go on the outside. Go, well, that's pathetic. He's not too, he went from playing big ass arenas to play. No motherfucker. He didn't. He went from playing tiny fucking venues before slash and duff came back. They were playing fucking clubs again. Like, well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this one. Uh, here's one thing Tommy said, dude. Uh, I'll get that because uh, I only say it because there's other there's other people around when he was telling me this. So it's kind of like he was telling us in general the whole story. But he was like, I don't know. He he, he just felt like GNR became a joke with like when he said that Slash didn't want to be in the band anymore because of he didn't like the third guitarist, a third guitarist being in there, you know, that uh, mm-hmm. Slash didn't want that whole deal going on where you have three guitarists. And then, uh, so, you know, I guess, you know, a lot really hardcore GNR fans will know that there was Tommy and Bucket didn't get along, you know, and yeah. that is death. And I can tell you that Tommy, he didn't care. He doesn't care for Bucket. You know, he thought, he, he thought Bucket was a joke for the band, you know, so he just, I don't know, he just felt like the band couldn't be, he felt the band was too goofy. You know what I mean? With three guitarists during his time with it, you know? So I can see that with Buckethead is a very talented artist, but the problem I have with Buckethead is he goes so far out of his way to be weird that dude, just focus on playing the guitar and putting on a fucking show and quit trying to be weird. That's like Gigi Allen might've been a decent fucking artist. If he'd quit throwing his shit at people and just played music and you know what I'm saying? Literally, like, shit people. Yeah, like, I mean, if Buckethead would quit talking through a fucking puppet, uh, trying to play in a fucking chicken coop with dog shit in it, and all the, you know, all the weird, crazy yeah, shit watch, he does, he'd appeal to more fucking people. And watching the hardcore porn and Axel walking in on it. Dude, that is so fucking stupid. Some of the, so, I mean, look, man, now, now we look at that as fans and some fans are going to be like, well, that's just Buckethead. That's how Buckethead is. That's why we love Buckethead. Yeah, motherfucker, but you don't have to come to work to his ass every fucking day. Like, I mean, you try going to a fucking job and you replace your job with every day you got to come put up with this guy's bullshit. You're going to get tired of it real fucking quick. I mean, that, that's enough to grade on anybody. 
I mean, dude, but if you really look back at it now, dude, like the whole Chinese thing, man, is like it's so fucking weird, dude. Like, I mean, it's just yeah. bizarre, you know, like who the fuck would put a chicken coop in a recording studio, you know, like who would put up with that? <laughs> yeah, who's gonna sit there and watch hardcore porn for uh, for inspiration, you know, or for motivation to play this uh to lay down his track, you know. Let him do that in their studio to record a fucking album for fourteen <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking years. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, you know what? Like, I can see why uh, guns may not have appealed to a lot of people back then. You know, uh, I mean, don't I get, get me wrong. I love that version of guns. It does appeal to me, but I'm not the masses. You know what? I guess that's just why I love that version so much because they're so. It's so weird, you know. It's fucking it, weird. Yeah. It's so weird that it's it's unique and uh, you know, and it's different, man. So I'm always like that. That's I always like that crap. It just got boring. It's boring now, but if it was like that again, yeah. After that, <laughs> following all the drama and bullshit that happened before Slash and them came back, and now everything's just calm and cool in their whole world. Yeah, it's boring now. Yeah, dude, I uh, mean, they're getting too old for this shit too. I guess. So. Yeah, dude, I mean, but, dude, um, the way, uh, you know, it was pretty cool, though. The way me and Tommy ended the night, you know, I told you he was, like, literally laying on my, sh- laying on my shoulder, like, when he got done with the, when he got done with the show, uh, you know, I was sitting there, he came and sat, sat with me, and we talked for about another 20 minutes, you know, and that is really cool. Everybody else was just sitting around, you know, just around the fire, you know, uh, talking about politics or whatever i don't know I, so, <laughs> whatever they were talking about yeah but so tommy's over there talking to me uh telling me that you know that he's happy where he's at in life now that you know he's just t- talking about that what he's doing right now that he is he is completely happy dude you could tell that he is like he's well, that's, place, that. that's the main what? thing that's the main important thing I did. I mean, the dude like hugged me, dude. Whenever, uh, whenever we we're, whenever I was telling that story, dude. Like, I mean, I'm never seen Tommy like that. He was like, he was like laughing, jumping, dude, like smiling a lot. Like, that's a totally different Tommy that I remember seeing ten years yeah. ago. Well, it's because he's happier now, and you know, like I said, you know, he's not. He was he he wasn't happy when he was in GNR, obviously. So it's good that he's moved on and he's doing something that. Makes him enjoy his life again and enjoy his craft. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I don't know, man. He was, uh, he's definitely got a uh, unique energy on stage, man. Like, like, if you watch some of my videos, dude, he's, he's interesting, dude. He's funny, dude. I, I want oh, to yeah. see him again. Like, that, I want to, but I'm afraid when I go see him again, dude, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to a club now. I want to go see. I want to go to a camp, uh, a backyard show. You know, I want to go to someone's house to see this guy again. That'd be cool. If anybody here is listening and you live in Kansas City, St. Louis, either one of those areas, and you want to make this happen, uh, get with either me or Rick. Uh, <laughs> send us a message. We're both easy to find on Facebook, GunsAndRadio.com. If you need to find either one of our contact information you can get us on facebook instagram twitter reach out to us and let us know that you're planning on doing this or that you're interested in doing it so that we can uh, put you in touch with the right people to make this happen at your house because i live in an apartment i can't do it here i would do it myself 
And, and let's uh, let's uh, let's see if anybody wants to make that happen. If we can make that happen, we'll help. You know what? It was like a. I want to go to see all the old members. You know, I want to go see all the old members live at these solo shows, dude. Like, I want to oh, see yeah. them do the. You know, like, I'd like to go see Bucket, man. But I know you can't really talk to him. You know, yeah, I, Bucket I came see- to the Blue Note. Did you go? Mm-mm. No, I started to, but I mean, look, man, I'm a Guns N' Roses fan first, and a Buckethead fan is part of Guns N' Roses only. Like all of his instrumentals is great music, but I feel like I'm listening to a soundtrack to something and I would rather listen to a song I can sing along with. Like if I've got to choose between night train and whatever the fuck instrumental track Buckethead is gone, no matter if I've listened to night train a hundred times, it's going to be 101 before I'll turn on Buckethead. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I I don't know his music. I don't care to know it. Like, I am glad that I know about uh, his song Shackler that was in Dragon Ball Z. I'm really glad I know about that because it is a really good instrumental that if you listen to it and then set your iPod to immediately switch to Shackler's Revenge at the end, the two songs will sync up really nice and trans one will transition into the other very well. So it serves as just a five, six minute extension of an intro for Shackler's Revenge. But I mean, to me, that is really cool because I like Shackler's Revenge. So it's cool to go back and hear the song that inspired the the track that inspired uh, Shackler because Shackler is Buckethead and Bootsy Collins. And then, you know, you turn on the Guns N' Roses version and it's just, you know, it's a, it's cool to experience it that way. If you've never done it, I highly recommend that. Well, I'm going to try that, man. Did, uh, did he talk about did Tommy going back to Tommy Stinson at the campfire party? Did he, did he tell any stories about his time in the replacements, bash and pop or anything like that? Cause he's been, he's been on the road touring with a lot of bands for since what the seventies. Oh uh, yeah, so like he got I mean, started young. He was a teenager. Yeah, there were some people there, dude. That was like talk, trying to ask questions. Like there, uh, there was this one couple there that had a sign a replacements album, and um, but they were asking him about his club days. I guess uh, before uh, the replacements, you know. I guess they followed him. Before, I don't know. Like I don't. So I don't really know Tommy's. I don't really listen to replacements, you know, or anything like that. I don't follow his backstory. I've just followed him with Guns N' Roses, and then mm-hmm. I got into his uh, solo stuff, you know. But you know, they were asking a few questions about uh, up north where he was from, and um, and then I was, you know, but he didn't really go around talking, trying to talk to people, you know. But he was, you know, uh, he was very like the people that met him before. A couple of friends of mine that's been to a couple of these things, they said you gotta re know when to talk to Tommy, what kind of questions to ask him. You know, it's like he hates talking about the replacements, and and some days he'll talk about guns, some days he will not talk about guns. You know, so yeah. you know, I I guess I got him on a good night. It sounds like it, man. Sounds like he was having a good time. You guys all had a good time. Sounds like an amazing experience, to be honest with you. It's that just- would have been. Do you are you comfortable telling me what you paid for that ticket? That's only twenty five bucks, dude. 
Okay. You know what I was going to say? What's that? I was going to put it at a buck 50, 150 bucks. I mean, it's worth it, honestly. Like, it's definitely worth it. And all you had to pay for this was $25. Think about that. When was the last time we saw guns for $25? I mean, I went for free once because you bought my ticket. <laughs> I still uh, had to pay for gas. Yeah, I, you had to pay for gas. It was right across the street. I've got to go. Uh, I paid 20 bucks for that uh, that Nashville show, the Civil War ticket. It was a Black Friday sale. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know. But, I mean... But I would I would love to go to another campfire show, dude. I would definitely recommend going to this. It, I mean, it's really you know a unique experience, and I mean, it's your chance to really just find out some cool information. You know, of the songs that he played at the show, are any of them available now for our people to look up on YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, or anywhere? Yes. Um, look here. What would they look up? Just Tommy Stinson, Cowboys by the Campfire? Um, I guess it's Tommy Stinson. Let me look here. Bring it up. Maybe TommyStinson.com. Yeah, just Something go to our, yeah, go to Pornhub and then, and then type in Tommy <laughs> Stinson. <laughs> uh, this isn't the rehearsal tape here. Uh, One Man Unity. He, uh, from, yeah. Yeah, just... Uh, I don't know. Dude. He played it. I don't know what all he played. I have to well, look if at you my go video. to TommyStinson.com, it says his upcoming show. It's uh, Tuesday, January 25th. Let's see what we got here. Discography. I mean, he's got his own website. Now, how updated it is, I don't know. But uh, it's all a bunch of bash and pop and replacement stuff. Hmm. I guess it's one of those things you probably should follow him on social media then, I guess, to look it up. Yeah, I just follow him on uh, Facebook and Insta. Yeah, yeah. I, I followed him on Facebook after you told me about this tour because I, I I am trying to see if it gets close to Kansas City or St. Louis. Yeah, I want to try to find a way to get good to it again, man, because it's, uh, it was, it's definitely a lot of fun, dude. And just to sit there and have a drink with him, dude, and just talk. GNR was pretty freaking rare do you remember any of the songs that he played do you remember what any of them are called if we want to go look them up later and kind of i'll tell you what let me uh ask my boy eric man he uh he will know that for me i will find out and i will uh and then we just put it in a description or something yeah okay well that's fine we put uh we'll, we'll definitely drop some tommy links so people can go find this stuff a little easier Maybe that'll help uh, spread the good word about this awesome experience that uh, that he's doing. Because nobody else is doing anything like this. And yeah, it sounds kind of corny in a way, but at the same time, like there ain't nothing. It ain't nothing to stick your nose up at. This sounds like an awesome experience. And any fan that that acts like you know, oh look at this is sad. Now he's playing in people's backyards. Fuck you, dude. Like you're just trying to be a dick on the internet. This is a cool fucking thing he's come up with. I love it, dude. I, I I would prefer to go to more shows like this, honestly, because um, it's it's just it's just an incredible experience, dude. And the stories that he told me, mind blowing, dude. It's just it's I I mean it's it's nothing like it, dude. It's definitely worth the uh, it's definitely worth the thirty minute drive and then twenty five dollars <laughs> for it. Yeah. Well. uh 
I mean, I really don't know what else we got to say. But was he selling merch or anything like that? I mean, yeah, he dude, got a record. Yeah, I got his. Yeah, I always get vinyl. Um, but yeah, I got his uh, Bastion Bob vinyl CD, and then I got this sweet ass Tommy Sisson T-shirt. Oh, that's cool, dude. Yeah, that got his buddy that was with him was uh, trying to push, uh, trying to get me to buy that. Who the fuck is Tommy Stinson shirt? But I'm like, bro, I got kids, man. I yeah, you get a certain age, you, you know, that stuff. You know, it, it's cool to wear the middle finger T-shirt or whatever when you're like 21, not when you're 35. Yeah, dude, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, and then I saw this shirt and I'm like, you know, this shirt don't look too bad, man. Don't have no foul language on it. I could wear this out. Yeah, you can wear it to work, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice shirt. Yeah. But, but you know, like, uh, with this experience, dude, like, I, I, I don't know if I just got Tommy on a good night or what, but it was, uh, I'll definitely say this was a 10 out of 10 experience. It was amazing. Um, I, I have no, nothing bad to say about this whole thing. Um, you know, poor dude got so wasted, got drunk at the end, though, man. <laughs> which is uh it's just that was the funniest part dude just and then yeah he just keeps playing until he can't no more and he's just like all right can you imagine being the musician here that gets paid to go to somebody's house and play your guitar at a party while you drink beer and hang out and (laughs) i know dude yeah dude you're at this party and and everyone's just throwing all this uh alcohol at you you know it's just you're not paying a dime for anything you know well, I hope nobody's a recovering alcoholic then. <laughs> you know, I'm not a drinker though, but if I was, there, there was all the drinks I could have there. <laughs> Just think if it was $25,000, you could be video chatting with Kiss like you are me right now. But dude, it, like, <laughs> dude, it was so cold, dude. Like my drink I had was like slushing up. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah I can see this being a much more fun experience in the spring. Or even the summer if it's night, dude. But they, but being around the campfire, dude, and not, and being cold, and you have to be right up on the fire. That's what made it. I think that's what made it cooler, though. Did your uh, did your nose hairs freeze? Nobody uh, talks about that enough. I don't believe. Maybe that just happens to me. Like you go outside and it'll be so damn cold that the hair inside your nose will start to freeze and get stiff. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Has yeah. that ever happened to you? <laughs> I, don't, I feel like people, we as human beings, we don't sh- we don't discuss the shared experience enough. But this is something that we don't discuss, man. This is something forbidden. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, uh, is there anything we, that I haven't asked or anything we hadn't covered before we? Because uh, I think you know this episode is pretty well wrapped up. I mean. Uh, I can't think of anything further to ask, man. It sounds like you had a really good time. Uh, what, uh, uh, to put a bow on it, is there any other, anything else that I haven't asked or something, you know, that'd make a good story for this adventure? Man, um, I think that's going to be it with, uh, with what I'm comfortable talking about with Tommy and, uh, okay. you know, but just know that, uh, his words exactly, you know, going down and 10 percenter, he's he's getting them back. Um, and then it made it sound like it's gonna be for his next album, 
So fingers crossed. Uh, I sent him everything he wanted. So let's see what happens, man. <laughs> oh, dude, that's cool. So he didn't have these tracks before you sent them to him. No, dude, no. Nice. Well, I mean, that ain't really saying much. I mean, they're out there. They're just hard well, to find. He ain't yeah, gonna go fun- digging for them. It was funny though. It's just like when, like, he's the fourth band member, you know, to like ask me for this for uh something that I have, you know. Oh, dude, that's 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 insane. I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know if we've told him in the past or not, if it's a good idea to go over who all you've given material to that we're in the fucking band. Like if there's anybody that I feel like it's okay to share this unreleased music with, it should be the people that are being featured on the goddamn track. <laughs> and it is. And just, yeah, dude, there's the actual, yeah, the actual people that are on these tracks, they're reaching out, you know, wanting, uh, wanting, wanting them or, uh, wanting to know the story on him, you know, so. That is wild. Yeah, it is, man. It's pretty cool, though, you know. Well, uh, before we go and we wrap things up, uh, do you want to give them a little sneak peek of what's coming next time? We're not saying next week because we don't know when it's coming. It'll come out when we sit down and we're able to record. Do we need to talk about uh, what's coming up next? Oh, Jesus, no. What's coming up next time on the show? (laughs) Well, you asked for a sneak peek, my bad. Uh, <laughs> now remember, this is no longer a paid version. When they're seeing the video, they're not. This is out free now. Well, shit. Well, I'll, let me put this thing away. <laughs> <laughs> We're not behind I'll, the paywall. This ain't our OnlyFans. I'll save this bitch for OnlyFans. No, if you'll buy no. Rick's OnlyFans. Let us know, and we'll see if we can talk him into starting one. I ain't gonna go uh, look at it, but if you, you yeah, know, out will. there. He'll look at it. He'll he'll participate. He'll he'll do all the above. <laughs> he just photoshops his face on all those Dwayne photos. He's from a Dwayne great son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, do you want to talk about what we're doing next time on on the next episode of Band? Yes, we will be talking about the planning of Minerva Two. That's right, guys. Now, originally, we were saving, when we first started the show, we were saving Minerva 2011 for our last episode ever. Then we came back for season two unexpectedly. And so we were saving it to end season two. Well, season two ended the way it ended, you know, kind of unexpectedly. And uh, so we've pushed it to season three, but we're not waiting anymore. We're giving you the Minerva story. And I'm going to tell you guys, this story is going to get so insane that you will see why we thought it would make a great grand finale for this show. But we're not ending there. But I'm going to tell you, this is an insane story. There's almost a riot. We almost die. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's a police chase involved and all kinds of celebrity. Uh, but next week we're going to be talking about the actual planning of that festival. Uh, this will be kind of a two part event. And when we talk about that, there's some celebrity cameos that are going to pop up randomly throughout this story. (laughs) Uh, I think we have, let's, 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 we're not going to give too many of them away, but let's, let's give a couple um, uh, uh, Malcolm and Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle. He's going to make an appearance. Seth Green. 
Seth Green is going to make an appearance in the next episode, actually. Yeah. In the then, planning uh, Minerva. Yeah. Bam Margera. Yeah. You got to. Yeah, there's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> we have a hell of an ep- of a, of uh, an episode coming for you next week, and in episode three of season three. So these next couple of episodes are going to be awesome. We're going to be telling you all about uh, planning the festival because there was a lot that went into just planning it, and there was a lot that went down the day of. And not only that, but folks, after that, we still have a whole season's worth of material that we're going to go through this year. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, the next episode is going to be awesome. Yeah. And thank you guys for tuning in with us and staying with us and giving us enough of a following that we're not wasting our effort by doing these. Cause we've got a lot of people listen to the show, man. And that's, that's awesome. And we really appreciate it. So thank you guys for being there with us through season one and two and for coming back and joining us for season three as we go on this adventure together. And yeah, man, we got a lot to look forward to this year in 2022. But for now, until next time, I'm Dustin Bones. And I'm Rick Dunsford. And we will see you guys in the next episode of Band, the Real Life Misadventures of Rick Dunsford and Friends. Good night, everybody. This is...